You've got a chance to win a $100 Amazon e-gift card just for telling us what you think about Your Money, Your Wealth. Between now and September 21st, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, go to the show notes, and fill out the third annual YMYW podcast survey to be entered in the drawing. U.S. residents only, no purchase necessary. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, more strategizing for your coronavirus-related distribution and your self-employed small business retirement plans. Plus, listener comments and derails about comments. But first, let's talk about backdoor Roth IRA. How do you report a conversion over two tax years? And is there a point at which the backdoor Roth just doesn't make any sense? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Al, we got Brian writing in. Yeah. Uh, Does it tell us where he's from? So he's probably, just have to guess. He's probably new to the, maybe, to the show. Maybe after we get through the question, we'll guess. Got it. Uh, and as you can tell, um, or maybe you don't, but Al and I don't read these questions prior. <laughs> and I, I think everyone knows that I don't because I just fumble through these things. And, they, the, and they're getting longer. So <laughs> they are you getting would longer. think it would get shorter because it's yeah. super annoying listening but they seem to, we seem to get this. comments. They like to hear you kind of uh, No, I think through. that's one person. Um, <laughs> it, it, most people hate it, I would imagine, because I, I can't even listen to it. Right. But anyway, Brian writes in, Joe and Al came across your podcast recently and have become an avid listener to the episodes. All right. Well, welcome to the family, Brian. I prepare tax returns. Ooh, he's, a, yeah. he's an EA. Well, yeah, or uh, CPA, CPA or tax preparer. All right. So it's entertaining. Uh, trying to decipher the tax question, coming up with an answer, and having you guys confirm it. So I have a question concerning the pro rata aggregation calculation when doing backdoor Roth IRA contributions. I've only listened to a half a dozen or so of your podcast, so I apologize if you've already answered this question. So I've got at least 20 years until retirement, so I don't anticipate being able to make direct contributions to a Roth IRA. So Brian's making the big bucks. He's uh, he, yeah, he's up there, right? Right, he's killing the game. <laughs> taking, taking <laughs> you know that tax return. tax preparation business. Yeah, he's good. probably got a big wallet like Big Al. Um, <laughs> number, you think, you think I have a big one? Don't you, you? He, you have a large <laughs> wallet, and that that question came off a little weird. All right, number one: Is there a percentage where the pro rata aggregation is so high uh, that you would? Um, rata calcul or not recommend the backdoor Roth IRA contribution. If I understand the pro rata calculation, I'm figuring I have to recognize a taxable income, 90% or more on a $6,000 backdoor Roth IRA contribution. I have over $54,000 in rollover IRA. I've been effectively paying taxes twice on the, I'd be effectively paying tax twice on the contribution money. Uh, my current employer has a simple IRA plan, which I max out. But since I used uh, to the 18,000 401k contribution, I feel I'm not saving as much as I used to and worried. Um, did you understand that question? <laughs> well, let's just go with the first one. He said he was used to the $18,000 401k contribution. Let, so now he feels just, like he's not saving as much. Yeah, I, think, I think his first question, let's just focus on that. Is there a percentage where the pro rata aggregation is so high that you would not recommend the backdoor Roth IRA contribution? The answer is no, in my opinion. I, I don't look at it as a percentage either. I mean, you got to look at the whole circumstances. Well, here, this is what is, you, this is how I look at it. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
if I am making a Roth IRA contribution, no matter what tax bracket, let's just say there was no AGI limitation on Roth IRA contributions. Right now, if you make over $200,000, roughly adjusted gross income as a married couple, you cannot make a direct Roth IRA contribution. If you make more than 130,000 roughly as a single person, you cannot make a Roth IRA contribution. So what people are doing is they're making an IRA contribution. They're not taking the deduction. So it's already an after-tax contribution. They're putting it into an IRA. They've already paid taxes on the money. And then from there, they're converting it into a Roth IRA because it has basis, there's no tax, and now it will grow 100% tax-free. So let's assume I'm in the 37% tax bracket, right? And I do a backdoor Roth IRA contribution. So I want to go IRA, put it in, convert it, no taxes due. If I decide not to do a backdoor Roth contribution because they changed the law and they said anyone's available to do a Roth IRA contribution at any income. So I'm in the 37% tax bracket. I'm going to put my $6,000 directly into a Roth. Where the question, right? I'm paying 37% regardless. It's after tax at 37%. I'm, I'm using a loophole to get it into the Roth. Correct. Or I'm just putting it directly into the Roth. Where the pro rata rule comes into effect is that, all right, well, there's a a portion of the dollars that if I already have basis in it, so let's say in this case, I put $6,000 in, but $3,000 is pre-tax, $3,000 is after-tax, so my pro rata is 50%. 50% would be taxable, 50% would be non-taxable. I put the $6,000 in, and I convert it, I pay tax on $3,000, right? We're people are going to pay tax on those dollars regardless as the thing leaks out. So the pro rata rule, you you still want to get money into the Roth. So if it's 90% taxable versus 50% versus zero, I'm still paying the 37%. It doesn't matter in my opinion. Yeah, but you might be in a lower bracket in retirement. And especially if you're close to retirement, you might wait on that. I mean, we've had people that have $54,000 or so in an IRA and, and just because the tax rates are lower right now, we've had them convert the whole amount, like now, right? And then they can do backdoor Roths from now till forever, right? Because they don't have any other IRAs. Uh, or in a case like this, Brian, if you've got a 401k with your employer, you could potentially roll that IRA into the 401k. And then you can do this without worrying about the pro rata rule because 401k investments are not counted in the pro rata rule. But uh, honestly, it depends on the circumstance. I mean, we've had lots of cases where the pro, the, the pro rata rule, very little of it was uh, tax-free on the conversion. We still did it because it made sense in their overall situation. I'm just saying if it's taxable or tax-free to do the, the you know, it, if people are getting too caught up in the pro rata rule, um, you know, I, I think there's probably deeper calculation because he's, he's feeling he's going to get double taxed. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. And there's no way you get double taxed. Right. And, and if you work out the math, you'll follow what I'm saying. And that is you can't get double tax. This is this is rigged to make sure you don't get double yes, tax. Yes, exactly. That was my point. It's yeah. like if you run the numbers out further enough, you'll realize you're not going to get double tax. It, it might feel like so it at that moment. It, but It feels like it because he kind of, he, he did an after-tax contribution, then he converted stuff that had was taxable. It just means it reduces your IRA, so it's less to pay tax on later. Right. And you're just adding more basis, but the basis has to come out pro rata. So if you convert the whole thing, yeah. you're not going to be double taxed. There's still going to be basis within the overall IRA. 
Uh, Al, we got Thomas from Chula Vista writes in. He goes, hello, Joe and Al. Uh, thank you for the great information you offer. I'm a loyal listener to your Saturday morning radio show. Your guidance regarding the following question is greatly appreciated. Wow. It's very, very proper. And it is. And well, and he goes, he goes by Thomas, not Tom. Yes, so, you know, Tommy, probably. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not Tommy. Yeah. He's yeah. probably got tons of cash. <laughs> he's a respectful man. Yes, Chula Vista. Yeah. They call me Jojo. Can you give you any idea of where I'm at? I think they call you Joel. <laughs> yeah, no, no, our listeners call us call me Joel on the street. You know, who knows what they'll call me? Um, here's his question. Here's Thomas's question. Now, what are the steps needed to properly report a backdoor Roth over two tax years? For example, in calendar year 2021, prior to the filing deadline, I invest $6,000 as a non-deductible IRA contribution for the year 2020. The money is then immediately transferred to a Roth, so there is no gain. For tax year 2020, I reported the non-deductible IRA contribution on Form 8606. On 1099-R, which will be issued for the $6,000 removal of the IRA will not be received until the calendar year 2022, tax year 2021. Uh, do I simply report the 1099-R as a rollover? Will there be any complications since it was done over two separate tax years? Is there anything I should be aware of? I assume that this will not produce a taxable event, but this just needs to be reported. Thank you again for all you do. All right, so Thomas is getting in the weeds here. And if our listeners follow that, I'm, I'm impressed. Exactly. So <laughs> but, what, what he's stating is this, yeah. is that, okay, I am moving money from an IRA to a Roth IRA, even though there is basis in the IRA. So in any time you take money out of a retirement account, there's a reporting that needs to be done from the custodian stating you put $6,000 out of this retirement account. Then a 1099 is issued and that's, that's just letting the IRS know, hey, you know, Alan or Thomas here took $6,000 out of his retirement account, just be aware that this could be reported as income. Yeah. So uh, since the question got into the weeds, I'll give the weeds answer, but I'll try to keep it succinct. So here's what you do, Thomas. You, you file form 8606 in the year you, you make the, the IRA contribution. It shows up on line one. The right? conversion. No, this is before oh, the conversion. Okay. This is 2020. So this is 8606, line one says, enter your non-deductible contributions in traditional IRAs. So you put it there. That's what happens in 2020. In 2021, you pull out the same form, 8606, and now you put that same amount on line two, which is enter your total basis from traditional IRAs from prior years, okay? That 6,000 goes there. And then you put your Roth conversion on part two, line 16. And then it will, if you do the form right, it will show you, oh, no tax. That's all you got to do. Um, for those of you that have um, deductible, or, or maybe you don't know that you have basis in an IRA, look at the end of the tax return for form 8606, because we see this quite often is that when we look through clients or prospective clients' tax return, all of a sudden you see that form 8606 and it says like $40,000 of basis. Right, because the CPA or the tax preparer has been looking at the because you've been making IRA contributions for the last twenty years, but you had too high of income to take the deduction. They're monitoring the 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 contributions, and they're also calculating the basis for you. Yeah, and so when you're looking at doing conversions, then you look there, um, then that's where the whole pro rata number comes from. Yeah, is but that 
look at the basis versus the entire amount, do that divisor, and then that's going to tell you how much is taxable versus not. And I would use a caution there. I agree with that. But um, a lot of people change tax advisors. And so the number on Form 8606 is not correct. Or they don't even tell their advisor they did a Roth contribution. Or an IRA contribution. I'm sorry, Roth, uh, an IRA contribution because it wasn't deductible. So why should I even tell them? So in that situation, take a look at your prior IRA contributions that you did not deduct. And if you, and minus what you may have already converted and put that number and line two of form 8606. You don't have to file amended return, just fix it going forward. So you have it. So there's a lot of talk on Roth contributions, conversions, backdoor Roth, um, because um, it, it, it gets complicated when you're filing the tax return. It's very complicated. It's, and and then you get the, the form 5498 after the fact. Correct. And it's like, and sometimes. And then you're getting the 1099 the following year. And then right. it's like, and then you and have when, adjusted 1099. When they used to do recharacterizations after the year end, you know, that it, it was two different years and, and you didn't get the 5498 for like a year and a half after you filed the return. <laughs> <laughs> And we had CPAs telling us you can't, well, then you can't do the recharacterization. We don't have any forms. No, you don't understand. You get the form a year from now. Yes. You'll get it. <laughs> Just not today. <laughs> oh boy. I'm sort of glad we don't have that rule anymore. It was, it was tricky to, to put on the tax return, right? Yeah. We would have to write a full like <laughs> letter of explanation. We would have to educate the CPAs and I'm, I'm not, this is a hard thing. And if you don't do it all the time, it's, it's difficult. And some CPAs would take offense. It's like, well, I'm, I've been in this business 30 years. I know how to do this. And then we get the return and they didn't know how to do it. Right. And that's why we, we told you what to do. And then the client gets a letter that, right. I did, hey, you owe, yeah, you, didn't, you owe taxes and a 10% penalty oh, for this conversion. I just hate that. And the, and the, then the client goes, well, the CPA is really good. They, they know what they're doing. I say, I, I know they know what they're doing, but they missed this one thing. Right. Uh, if you guys need help with that, um, like Thomas did, just uh, give us a buzz and we can help you walk uh, walk you or your CPA through this. Um, so you know where to go, yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Ask us those questions. Uh, if anyone's been audited before because of that, um, it's a simple solution to fix. And you can give us a buzz at 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Or just click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for in-depth help with your tax situation and your overall financial plan for retirement. Let's face it, you'll get a far more comprehensive analysis in a free two-meeting assessment with a certified financial planner from Pure Financial Advisors than you will get from the YMYW podcast. It's via Zoom video call so you don't even have to leave the comfort of your own home and it's free. Find out if a backdoor Roth conversion makes sense for your situation and make sure you don't screw anything up. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and sign up for your free financial assessment. We got Eric from Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, okay. University of Florida. Miles That's Stop. your place, right? It you is. spent how many years of your life there? Yeah, probably Five? eight. Eight? Oh, I should be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Uh, Al, Andy, and Joe. Uh, alphabetical order seem the only fairway. Sorry, Joe, but go Gators. All right, Eric, go Gators. Um, I had to take some time off of work to look after my children while schools were shut down and our child care provider was unable to look for them. Uh, the financial impact was very minimal, but I believe it qualifies me to take a coronavirus-related distribution for my 401k. Uh, the primary reason I would want to take the distribution is to get my money out of the company plan, which I feel has high fees. 
I would then pay the money back into an IRA, which I understand will be treated as a rollover and not as a contribution. I'm curious on how the coronavirus-related distribution would be handled in a Roth 401k. Since my account is approximately 14% Roth and 86% pre-tax, would the distribution come out in the same ratio, or will I be able to specify what monies the distribution comes from? Interesting question there. Yeah. So wouldn't Eric typically go to his HR person and ask that question? Is it plan specific? Well, I, I think the CRD is so brand new. Yeah. I mean, all right. So let's let's kind of recap a little bit of what the coronavirus related yeah, okay. distribution is. is Good that idea. You could pull out to up to one hundred thousand dollars out of a retirement account, um, and then you have the option to pay it back over a three year time period, or you could pay the tax over a three year time period. Yeah, if you decide to keep it. Yes, and there's no mandatory withholdings for taxes. Right. And so what Eric is thinking is, and then to, to qualify, you had to been diagnosed with COVID or a family member, um, or you had to have some financial hardship. Yeah, um, e- even if your income went down a little bit, or maybe you've got child care issues. I mean, um, almost anyone would qualify. Almost, yes. Yeah. And it, it, the, the, there's still more. <laughs> and then there's the last thing is any other reason any you other can reason. think of that yeah. we agree with. <laughs> So it's pretty much free game. Yeah, right. Um, and so Eric's going, all right, well, here, I got this 401k plan. Um, I don't like the fees. I don't like the investments that I have within yeah. the 401k plan. So let me take a CRD, a coronavirus-related distribution, because I believe I qualify for it. I'm going to yeah. take $100,000 out of the plan. But instead of repaying my 401k plan, I'm going to repay an IRA, any qualified account. Right. Uh, since it goes from a 401k to an IRA, then that qualifies because sure. it's still in the shell of a retirement account. Right. Um, and I... Um, and Eric's assessment is correct that it won't count as a $100,000 excess contribution. It's just, you, you know, you're putting the money back into the retirement account. No harm, no fall, no taxes, no penalties, nothing. Yeah, it's like currently you have 60 days to roll money back into an IRA. Here you have three years. Ba- yeah, basically. Yeah. Starting, starting January 1st, 2020. So the interesting uh, question Eric has is that, all right, well, here, I'm going to take $100,000 out. And yes, I would believe it's up to the, um, um, the, the plan document. I would think most plans would allow you to pick which you want to take from, pre-tax or, or Roth. So you're looking, and I get maybe what he's trying to do um, is like, all right, well, maybe I, I take the Roth money out if I have $100,000 into the Roth and then yeah. I put that into a Roth IRA and then I have a lot lower fees so I can have higher compounding growth in my Roth yeah. because I have less fees. So I think the question, you know, the kind of the follow-up question is, can I, can you do it with a Roth? Can you take Roth 401k money out and then have three years to put it into a Roth IRA? Yeah, well, no question. You yeah. can do that. But the, what he's stating is that, all right, 86% is pre-tax, 14% is Roth. So if he takes out $100,000, is it going to be pro rata? Is it going to be $14,000 needs to come from the Roth account and $86,000 come from the IRA? Um, that would be up to the plan document. For- yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the question should be directed to your HR department or, or whoever handles distributions from your 401k. And then from there, you would put the $14,000 into your Roth IRA, and then you would put yeah. $86,000 into that's right. the but I, I would, IRA. I would think most plans would allow you to pick wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, well, it, it depends. Um, you know, I've seen very strict plans that are cheap. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? If this is a pretty expensive plan, I'm guessing that the employer, right? If you got high fees in your 401k plan, it's because the employer is not paying a lot of money for the plan. The the, the plan is getting paid for by kickbacks within the overall fees that the the mutual funds that they have within in the plan. Um, So most employers that have really good plans, I mean, it's expensive, Right to, to administrate it to set up and everything else. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of bashing with 401k plans, and we're seeing lawsuits right with 401k plans because of high fees. But then you could go, oh, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's we just talked about in our TV show. It's like what 60, 70 percent of all businesses don't even have a 401k plan. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, you pick your battles, but Eric's doing the right thing of saying, hey, if I can get money out of this thing, it, it might be a good deal. Um, additionally, I've heard. Al theorized that keeping the CRD money in a brokerage account rather than paying it back into um, the retirement account for better uh, better tax diversification. Uh, my wife and I are in our late 30s, mid to late 30s, and have close to $250,000 in retirement funds, 42% Roth, 58% pre-tax. We currently do not have a taxable brokerage account, nor do I really see us setting, uh, setting one up in the near future as we have a long way to go uh, before we max out our 401k plans. What other factors should I weigh before deciding to keep the money for tax diversification or pay it back things? Um, well, he's in his 30s, right? And within that, I, I, he's only got 250. I mean, I don't want to say only $250,000 yeah. because that's a it's, ton it's of a money. It's a lot of money. It's a right? ton of money for someone in their 30s. But if, if half of it's already in Roth, half of it's pre-tax, does it make sense for him to pay the tax? Well, it really depends on what his tax bracket is. Yeah, that, that's my thought too. It, it depends. I mean, if you're in a high tax bracket, then I would keep it in the, in the Roth and the pre-tax. If, if you have some room in your current bracket and it's lower than maybe it's going to be in the future, maybe it does make sense to keep outside in, in, a, in a non-qualified account. And if you don't have a non-qualified account now, my, my next question is, do you have an emergency fund? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. You should have one. And that would be three to six months of your living expenses. So that could be a good source for I know you don't get a lot of return on an emergency account, but at least it's there if you need it. Yeah, it depends on your tax bracket, Eric. If I think if you're in the 10 or 12% tax bracket, I would take it out, put it into a brokerage account. If you're higher than that, it probably might make sense to put it back in a retirement account. Uh, thanks a lot, Eric. Appreciate your email uh, and go Gators. Um, we got Marion writes in from Fresno, California. Hi, Andy, Allen, Joe. Joe hates being last. But they keep putting you last. They, people like to do that. It kind of puts you in check. Yeah. Because you come on like a strong case of cologne. Strong cologne. <laughs> do we have those comments? I gotta read yeah, I think those. they're at the yeah. back. Got it. All right. Um, if we file 2020 Federal 1040 as married finally separately, are we considered to be single or um, for eligibility of the $1,200 credit on our tax return? I cannot find anything on the IRS website about married, finally, separately, only single, head of household, and married, finally, jointly, your faithful listener, Marion. So married filing separate is considered the same as single for purposes of the stimulus. I do know that. And the income threshold is? Same as single. No, that's... um, For for the stimulus, it is. Is it? Yep. I thought it was... um, Andy, throw up. It, uh, according, according to this resource that I have, it's uh, just a gross income of up to $75,000 for individuals 
or married filing separate. I think it's one. one, well, one, one our, our hold, webs, hold on, I already got the answer. One twelve five for head of household and one. Oh, head of household one, is what I was thinking. thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One hundred fifty thousand for married couples. Yep, yep, yep. You are right. I was thinking head of household. Yes, you were. I knew there was something else. I knew there was something else. Head of household, not married, finally separately. So. Yeah. Um, okay, Mary. Can um, hope, hopefully that helps. Monica. She's got a question. Uh, she's like, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Monica. <laughs> this is addressed to you. Yeah, I know. It's just it's, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard Trump is uh, temporarily waiving capital gains on real property. Is that true? <laughs> Have you heard that? Um, I know that Trump talked about eliminating capital gains, yes, or reducing the capital gains. He, I think he talked about he reducing. He tweeted it probably. Yeah, he did. I actually had not heard that. So I, I went to the trusty uh, internet. And oh, went to Twitter? Go. That's a good source. And no, I didn't go to Twitter. I went to, um, I put, I can't remember what I put in, but here's what I got from Fox News. So I'm not, just understand the source, whether you like it or not, I don't care. But anyway, that's where this is from. It says, Trump seriously considering capital gains tax cut yep. and what it means for you. So first of all, it's not waiving. It would be a cut. And it would, I can tell you based upon this article, it would only be cut at people in the very highest of tax brackets and probably in excess of a married couple of about 500,000 because that's where roughly where the 20% bracket kicks in. So, um, and looking at, uh, oh, I forget who did this study, but someone looked at this and said it would only help the top 1%. Now, um, there, then there's further discussion on whether he can actually do that without the approval yeah, of Congress. And, and <laughs> we did a live webinar last week where Joe and Big Al talked about what might happen to your taxes under a Joe Biden presidency versus a Trump second term. And the fellas answered a whole bunch of money questions live on the spot to boot. If you missed it or you want to relive the YMYW tax update webinar, click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. Watch the webinar replay right there in the podcast show notes. If you've got questions that weren't answered in the webinar or here in the podcast, click the Ask Joe and Al on air banner there in the show notes and send them on in. Oh, and at the top of the show, I mentioned our podcast survey. So far, 30% of the folks who have filled it out said that they didn't know that there were transcripts of the podcasts. Well, there are. In the podcast show notes, after all those free financial resources, you'll find the transcript of the entire episode. Enjoy. And you can thank my mama for doing the transcribing. Now let's get to more of your money questions. Uh, we got Tom from San Diego writes in, Alan. I recently retired from the Navy and have a pension. All right. My wife still works and has relatively high income, $170,000. Her employer has a 401k and plan. She works for the feds. Uh, to which she contributes the max. I started a consulting gig, earning just a few thousand dollars a month. Before I retired, a retirement counselor recommended a SEP IRA and took everything I legally could from consulting into that account. But in looking at the IRS website and publication, it looks like none of my contributions are deductible because my wife is covered by a retirement plan at work. Is my reading correct? If that's the case, it no longer makes sense for me to contribute to the SEP. I might as well tuck it into my investment account since I can't use it to reduce my taxes. And I can immediately access it instead of waiting until I'm 59 and a half. I'm 57 and a half now and she's 55. Great question, Tom. 
Um, is his reading correct, Alan? Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> I'll tell you what he's looking at, though. He is looking at the rules the IRAs. of deducting IRAs, correct. right? Which is different than a SEP IRA. Right. Even though it does have the term IRA in it, it's a different beast. So let me explain. So when your spouse is in a retirement plan and you make uh, between, let's it's see. the Roth limits. Yeah, it's the Roth limits. So I, I thought I had it here. One, one, one ninety-five, one ninety-six, hundred ninety-six thousand. If you make less than one hundred ninety-six thousand, you can do a deductible IRA. There's a phase-out period from one ninety-six to two hundred six. So it's that's only on regular traditional IRAs, not SEP IRAs. So, so Tom, you can. Have, take a full deduction on a SEP IRA, but better yet, why don't you open a solo 401k? Because then you can put dollar for dollar on your income all the way up to $26,000 and still have an employee match, which is calculated the same way this as a SEP IRA. So you can get a lot more in if that's what you want to do. Yeah. So I guess the confusion Tom had um, is that when he looked under the all right, can I contribute to a, an IRA? Yeah, because it was like, oh, no, your wife or your right. spouse has a, a retirement plan. And so there's different deductibility limits there. If your wife has a plan, if you don't have a plan, if you right. have, and so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. But in this case, the SEP IRA, now what's weird, SEP IRA sometimes is lumped into an IRA for other purposes, but not this one. So, yes, you could start a SEP, but I agree with Alan. Um, I would go with the solo 401k. Um, great question though. Uh, Priya, she writes in from Irvine. <clears throat> I like that name. There was a, um, we had a Priya that worked here. Remember that? Long time ago. I was an intern. I don't remember. Oh, I do remember. Yes. Early on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very early on. So anyway, hi, Big Al. Well, maybe I don't like Priya anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Andy. Maybe, maybe that's who worked for us. Yeah, maybe right. it is her. <laughs> she knows you, so <laughs> I like Big Al better. Uh, you're like, I have no idea who she is. <laughs> uh, first, I would like to thank you for an excellent podcast, <clears throat> educational, informational, and at the same time entertaining. Um, who said investing in taxes should be boring and serious? Uh, your team makes it fun. I recently discovered your podcast on YouTube. Now, I've been binging. Wow. Just binge. Um, your money, um, your wealth. Why am I so, dumb? It's like a so drug. So many episodes. It's like a drug. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> awful. It's like the worst hangover possible. Have you listened to more than one episode of this? Uh, just coming down from a bad high. Um, I listen to your podcast when walking my dog. Oh, it's a yellow lab. A name would be helpful, uh, Priya, maybe next time. Um, I like to read and listen to all things investing, uh, but only from credible sources. Since anyone can upload videos on YouTube, I see everyone now is a financial expert giving investment advice, and I'm so annoyed by those and don't listen to them. So why the hell are you listening to us? <laughs> I'm wondering that too. How, how do you discern I, that we, I don't know. We, we made the cut? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but I think that's how your podcast started showing up on my YouTube feed. Glad it did. Your podcast is different with Joe being a CFP. Um, and Big Al, a CPA, with many years of real client experiences. Uh, once I looked at getting my CFP certification, but nearly passed out after going through what it takes to do all that. <laughs> and Andy is like a project manager who keeps the show running smoothly, shining in the background. Oh, well, that's nice. very nice. All, all Thank very you, Priya. Nice. Thank you, Priya. 
Priya's got three main things. Uh, three main things I'd learned from your show so far are asset location, solo 401k, and Roth conversion. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> She's binged 400 episodes. <laughs> That's what she got. This is what I got for you. <laughs> well, 398 of them were about Roth conversions, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> so we got Roth conversion down. Okay. And asset location, solo 401k. Um, I wasn't able to contribute to a Roth for the past few years due to income limits. I'm so mad that I missed out those years without doing a Roth conversion. At least I will do it uh, from do it uh, from this year. I live in Irvine, California, single, 40 years old, and own an S corp. I'm the only employee in it, and take $75,000 as W two from the S corp. Current balances got a rollover 401k of 400. A Roth IRA of a hundred thousand, SEP IRA of twenty. I also recently opened a solo four hundred and one k with Roth option, but I haven't funded it yet for twenty twenty. So, based on my W two wages of seventy five thousand, can I contribute both the SEP IRA of eighteen thousand seven fifty? So, what she's doing is dividing that uh, probably yeah, by twenty five percent, twenty five percent. Yep. An employee nineteen thousand five hundred. Uh, to the Roth, an employer contribution of 18750 to solo 401k for tax year 2020. So a little aggressive there. Yeah, the answer is you got to throw out the SEP IRA. So if you have a SEP IRA, you're not allowed to have any other pension plan in that company. So, so she can do the 19.5 into the solo 401k and the employer contribution, which is the same calculation as the SEP yes. of 18,750. So let's exactly. call it 40,000 bucks if she had the $75,000 of income. Yeah, close to 40. You do have, there. it's not quite 25% of your profits because you have to deduct half of the self-employment tax. So it works out probably closer to 17 or 18,000 instead of 18,750, but the concept is right. Nearly $40,000 you can contribute, but you can't have a SEP IRA and a 401k in the same company. So you can do the solo 401k and the match. If you want to do the Roth, that would be post-tax, and then the employer contribution would be pre-tax. Exactly. Okay. Um, so will the SEP IRA and employer portion of the solo 401k? Okay, well, I just answered that. I'm planning yeah. to do the following steps. Let me know if this makes sense. Okay. And are legal. Oh, okay. Okay. I understand I will have to pay taxes on the amount of being converted to a Roth IRA. A, convert the existing set balance, $19,000, to my Roth IRA in year 2020 for tax year 2020. So she wants to get rid of the SEP. Sure. She wants to move the 20000 in the um, SEP right now and roll it into the Roth. Then convert the 2020 SEP in solo 401k employer side contribution of 37500 to the Roth in 2021 for tax year 2021. No, because you're, you, you have too much money there because you're, you're, you're already putting in the, the SEP in the solo 401k. Yeah, just take the SEP out, but you can convert the employer match if you want. Sure. Um, that's legal. Of course, that's totally legal. You could convert the, well, you've got $400,000 in an IRA. You could convert that into a Roth IRA. Sure, if you want to. Right. So I would just do this, the, the solo 401k. If you want to do the Roth option, do the employer match and then start con, you convert the SEP of $20,000. Do that this year. Then next year, start chipping away at the rollover IRA. You got $400,000 there. You can do small conversions. You're only 40 years old. You know, over the next several years, you get most of that into the Roth compound tax free. 
Um, all good to all, all, all good to go. Yeah, I like that. Apologies for the long email. I hope you select my email and answer my question. Waiting to hear back uh, from the expert. Wow. Answer comment section. Thank you. Keep up the good. Oh, she wants us to do this on the TV show. Oh, this late. is a way too long of an email <laughs> for the TV show. I, I have to read it. It has to be. Yes. I mean, we're, we're, we're doing the TV show. Those email questions are like, can I do a Roth IRA? <laughs> Yes. All right. We got to go to break. (laughs) Self-employed small business owner entrepreneur types. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes for a whole mess of free financial resources, especially for you. We've got a whole YMYW TV show episode about retiring as a self-employed person in the new gig economy, a giant blog post on small business tax filing, video of Joe and Big Al discussing the benefits of the solo 401k and solo Roth 401k, and a video outlining the best self-employed retirement plans. If you've got questions, the fellas have answers, and they might even make sense to you. Click the Ask Joe and Al on-air banner there in the show notes and send us your questions as well. So we've seen this email that Andy's put on our list now for the last six weeks, and we still ignore it. Okay. And I'm going to ignore it again today. Oh, one more time? I'm kidding. (laughs) You're going to do it. Um, Okay, let's see. It's... Renee or Renee? Renee. It's Renee. Renee. Hi, Andy. This is Renee. I really miss you. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't say that. Well, I mean, why why are you? This is like a personal email. I feel like I'm violating. I'm like invading someone's privacy. Let's let Andy answer this question. I still have no idea what percentage. Should I do in my TSP regarding the traditional and Roth? So far, currently, I'm doing 10%, including my max contribution from my employer. 5% employer, 5% me. Total 10% to traditional. Okay. And the rest of my Roth is about 27%. 27% of her salary is done? <laughs> is that what that means? salary. Renee is a he. Uh, 20... So ten percent. That's, that's what I'm get, That's what I get. Ten percent of her salary, actually five percent of her salary, is going to traditional. Then her employer matches five percent, and then another twenty-seven percent of her salary goes to Roth. That's that's what I get. I got twenty-seven percent of the balances in Roth, but whatever. <laughs> I uh, could answer both questions. But not sure if uh, that is right way for future efficiency purposes. Please, any idea? I'm planning to work till 62. I'm almost 46 by November this year. Thanks so much in any way. If, if, if it's 20, 27% of the income is going into Roth, well, why not put everything into the Roth? Because then it seems like 20, because you can only put in, he's 46 years old or she's, is it? Renee is a he. Okay. Well, he, Renee is 46 years old. It's 19.5. So that's why I was saying 37%. Well, no, it's 5% employer match. So I think it's 32%. Well, 20, okay. Try, try that. Try that. So so 19.5 divided by 0.32. is 60 grand. So yeah, could be making 60 grand. So let's say Renee's making 60 and he's putting 27% of the Roth. I think he might be confused at why even put any at 60 if he's single with the standard deduction. Well, I bet you what he's thinking was to get the match, I have to do traditional. Exactly. That's what I was saying. And I don't think he does. In most plans, it doesn't matter whether you do Roth or traditional, you still get the employer match. And the employer match will be um, pre-tax, right? It'll be taxable. I Mm -hmm. mean, the the, the company's getting the tax deduction there. That's right. 
So yeah. yeah so I, so I, but as far as is that the right percentage? We need a little more information. Right. I, if, if he's single, well, then it's like all right. Well, he's in the twenty-two percent tax bracket with sixty thousand dollars of income. Um, that's still pretty low, and he's forty-six, and he's saving that much money. I would go Roth and just compound the hell out of it until you make um, until tax rates change, and then you would, might want to max out the the twelve or the fifteen percent tax bracket pre-tax. Yeah, and then your additional savings would go um, Roth. It also depends on how much you already have. I mean, if you got nothing in in a regular four hundred one k, you might put sure. some in just for a tax deduction and get some tax diversification. But most people that have a TSP plan also have a pension. <laughs> That's true. Which which is like a regular, you know. Uh, well, yeah, so it's going to yeah. be ordinary income coming out. Yeah, that's true. Good so, um, I don't know, 46. Uh, here's what, I've said this a million times and I'll say it again, is that you will not miss the tax deduction by going all Roth right now. You won't, right? If you're jamming that much money in, go 100% Roth, get the pre-tax from the, the employer match, and then have everything come out tax-free. If you start making a lot more money where you're in a lot higher tax bracket, well, then you can start worrying about it. But the 12% or the 22% of, you know, a few few bucks, you're not going to miss it 20 years from now when you have a giant TSP that's 100% tax-free. Yeah, that's actually an excellent point. Because I think a lot of people get so caught up in the mathematics of what's my tax rate now versus what's my tax rate in 20 years, right? Who and, knows? And it's like... Well, to do this calculation presumes that you've saved that tax dollar and you probably will spend it anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you're actually probably better off just having it out of sight, out of mind, have it go to a Roth, be tax-free later. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, call me in 20 years <laughs> when you're 66, right? Yeah. And you have a million bucks tax-free. That's 100% yours. You take the, the whole tax equation out right it's like the uncertainty of taxes is off the table who cares right right okay anything, uh, anything else is that did, were, were you gonna answer that differently um andy <laughs> no it sounds good to me because he did he did ask you i mean yeah. what, what do you what do you think andy what do you got what's your allocation to roth versus regular what is mine? Um, right now, I am contributing to get the employer match okay. and everything else I'm putting into my Roth. So, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, are, you, are you sure you're not Renee? Is the skies? It's kind of looking that way. <laughs> you can put 100% into your Roth and we'll still match the 401k. Okay. Then but I'll she, change that. But see, people don't know that. That's the. We got some good information out yes. today. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. We had to dive in a little bit. I, I, I'm <laughs> going to start calling Andy Renee. <laughs> She's sending in like questions. Yeah. For her own benefit. Right. Using this, <laughs> Renee. this platform. Renee with yeah, an actually, accent, an I wish I had, over the E too. I wish I had thought to ask that question, but now Renee's asked it for me. So I can uh, you're, you're fake good. some other question for you guys. Got it. <laughs> What other name are you going to pick next time? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, we get these um, get the reviews. We get yeah. these reviews. Right. Juan, um, he, he gave us something here. It goes, best in the biz right now. Oh. Having listened to literally dozens of financial podcasts over the last decade or so, I find this one to be the best of the bunch. 
Joe comes off strong at first, like an extra spray of cologne. <laughs> but boy, is he knowledgeable and humorous. Al is the perfect straight guy, and Andy produces an excellent show. Bravo. An extra spray of cologne? Yeah, well, you come on strong. I, I, I don't come, What the hell is that all about? I don't think I come on strong. Yeah, you do. I think I just, tell just, it, just, I just talk. Especially when you talk about annuities. Yeah. <laughs> but an extra spray of cologne. Hopefully that's good cologne. Hopefully. It's not that bad guy. I mean, you know, I, we know some people that wear some heavy cologne. We do. It, it's it's almost it's horrible. It's a little much. <laughs> yes, it burns your nostrils. <laughs> so, Juan, um, hopefully this show doesn't burn your nostrils. Stick around for a couple derails if you're one of those that enjoy the YMYW shtick. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Get a free, detailed, personalized assessment of your overall financial situation by clicking the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or just call 888-994-6257. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Got a couple comments here. Okay. Ripper? R. Prider. What? R. Prider. Oh, we got a comment. We got a review. And he says, I'd give it six stars if I could just neutralize long time in China. Four star review. Trying to get us to be average well, advice. Well, yeah. Well, long time in China gave us a four, four time review, four four star review yeah, on yeah. the podcast. Right. It's, it's still pretty good. Well, <laughs> you're a four star kind of guy, Al. <laughs> yeah. I like this our rip rip writer. Our writer. I don't. I like that. Rip writer. Uh, yeah. Gives us a four star review. I'm fine with one stars. Those are the best. Of That's what we expect. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> with that extra heavy cologne. Oh yeah, that was a like five a, star review. Well, I might have had a, a little extra spray today. Okay, well, someone wrote in. Rockstar Andy, Joe, and Big Al, Brandon, and Katie from Minnesota or Minnesconsin. I remember. Oh yeah, was there in Minnesconsin. Um, just a heartfelt thank you for taking the time and energy to have my question answered on the podcast. Uh, sorry about the book. Plethora. Plethora. You saw I skipped that. That's yeah, right. all I said. I just didn't want to be that person that didn't give enough info. Now, Brandon, you were not. It was an honor to be referenced, and we are grateful to have additional insights, info, and things to consider on our continuing financial independence journey. You folks are the best. Please keep up the great work on my favorite podcast, and I listen to many of them. And if you are ever in need of a guest, as Joe mentioned, I love that and would be honored to do so. Be safe and well. Positive energy your way with heart and services to your success. All right. Very cool. And in the positive energy guy, TM. Trademark. Yes, love it. Remember, he's the keynote speaker. Yes, I do remember. Yeah, right. But not getting a lot of action. Well, because of COVID. Yeah, right. Right. But you would think in a pandemic, people need positive energy. They do. And now there's Zoom, right? Yeah. So you would think you would think it'd be booked. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, come on, somebody. I'm positive. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. You know, there's a lot of people that are you know, cooped up. They need some positive vibes. <laughs> they need something. So what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to um, play golf. At, in, um, oh, my God. Pebble? I am, yeah, Pebble Beach. You ever heard of it? <laughs> I have. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to do some, do some, <laughs> some golf do, some dog track. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think you told me you're doing Pebble, Spyglass, and Cypress. Spanish, Spanish Bay. Oh, Spanish Bay. Okay. Glad Alan knows your schedule better than you do, Joe. You, you know what? I was just thinking about um, our positive energy guy, why he's not getting any more biz. It's like people are, are hurting there, and we need all positive energy. So I took that positive energy he gave us, and I said, you know what? I'm going to Pebble Beach. I, except you couldn't remember where you're going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a little brain fuck there. <laughs>